The year is 1977. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is nope. My Marvelous Year. Your voice cracked. <laughs> yeah, it did. I'm going to do that again. <laughs> the year is... <laughs> the year is 1977. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Variant cover. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the Reading Order Club podcast, where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. I'm Dave, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, and I am joined today by the only person I know who closes his eyes and lowers his head when he's trying to make his voice sound deeper. It's Zach Dean. How's it going, Zach? (laughs) Pretty good, Dave. (laughs) Pretty good. Really, man, the visuals are a lost component. We're going to have to do a a quarterly uh, Patreon special again. But speaking of Patreon specials here on the My Marvelous Year show, we're going to get into the variant cover for 1977, where we take listener questions and talk about poll results for the year and for the comics and for what's to come. But first off, we have some exciting news to share uh, for everyone who listens to My Marvelous Year, but especially those of you who are backing us over on Patreon.com slash My Marvelous Year. Zach, hit it. All right, so I, we've mentioned before we hit the goal for our My Ultimate Year spinoff show, where we're covering the ultimate line of Marvel Comics. Hooray! For those who don't know, yeah, very exciting. Those who don't know is a modern, like, side universe completely disconnected from the, like, main continuity of Marvel that started in 2004? 2000? The Ultimate Universe? Yeah. Started in 2000, and I'm a little concerned you don't know 2000. that, considering we already recorded an episode. <laughs> I, f- I, I forgot. Or, yeah. yeah, that is, uh, Dave knows the facts. I know the feeling. That's something. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know what that means. Anyway, we're the emotional that center of this show. I'll give you that. The, okay, yeah. The beating very heart emotional. of my marvelous year. <laughs> okay, thank you. And I'm the brain. I'll take that. Okay. Well, <laughs> Left and right I- halves. Okay. Carry on. Yeah, I've got some, we've got to actually, we're going to talk about your brain knowledge later in this episode. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the My Ultimate Year show is starting, officially launching December 1st as a Patreon exclusive show. It is going to be a monthly show releasing on the first of the month, each month. Uh, we're reading somewhere between like 18 and 21 issues. We're going to read every comic in the Ultimate line, mm-hmm. which should take a little under three years mm-hmm. to complete. Uh, so that is coming out December 1st. If you want to listen to it when it is released and not six months later, when it is going to hit a public feed, uh, you can back us at patreon.com and you can also find the, if you back us there, you get the, uh, the master spreadsheet for my marvelous year and also the ultimate universe spreadsheet where we break down each episode's issues. Absolutely. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Our, f- our first episode was the first time we ever recorded live in person, which is kind of a, a weird start yeah. of the show. Yeah. Uh, it's going to yeah, get weird. We got our music approved this week. That was very yeah, that, exciting. That, we honestly recorded like over a month ago, and I've just been trying to find the right song and then get the rights to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, I don't think I told you this yet. It's pretty funny. I was talking to the guy, um, the the guy who like wrote the song and is leads the band uh, that we get the song from. And he was like, oh, I'm, I was like, all right, so can I send you money on PayPal, whatever? And he was like, uh, I'm not sure. I don't 
really do. I guess I have my personal PayPal, but we should probably filter it through the band. I guess just go on Bandcamp and buy the song for <laughs> the oh, amount of money you're interesting. buying it for. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I just went and spent the most money anyone has ever spent on a single song on Bandcamp. On a track? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on one single song. That's funny, but I guess yeah. that actually kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I see where he's coming from. All right, cool, cool. So Ultimate Universe Show is coming. I think if you are not a supporter on Patreon.com, don't you worry. We still love you. Thanks for listening to MMY. I would yeah, say, you know, again, this will be hitting the public feeds in six months, and then we'll be releasing on a monthly cadence after that point, and the reading list will be included at that time. As always, you can always, if you're like, I have to read the Ultimate Universe now that you started talking about it, go on over to comicbookherald.com. I've got an Ultimate Universe guide. That is what we're going to be referencing, although Zach has done some structuring for the show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm the list maker now, Dave. <laughs> that's, that's I cool. own Comic Book Herald now, Dave. You really like to claim that, and I gotta tell <laughs> you, new... <laughs> this this podcast is really, it makes you really, it's just nervous. catering to the whims of a madman. Like, you keep asserting <laughs> these things that are patently untrue, and I'm just like, I hope he doesn't do something weird or dangerous, so I'll just keep recording with him to keep him satiated. Yeah, I had the... I... I'm pretty sure we have it in writing somewhere that after one year of doing the My Marvelous Year podcast together, I become equal partners and co-owners of Comic Book Herald and your sons. Yeah, that's it, it is it. I was surprised to learn that legal rights to websites um, can be can be like held up in court if someone just writes them in in mud on paper in their own house. <laughs> And then signs the other person named themselves. Like you just showed yeah. me this paper that said Zach Hart Dave, owners of CBH in mud, and and it was like a well, legally no, binding I document. I hope that like, was uh, mud at least. Did you hear that thing about Pete Buttigieg and his uh, like getting endorsements for some bill? <laughs> Please connect the dots on this because no, I don't know okay. what you're talking about. Apparently, he, he got like he listed the, you know some some. Uh, package of policies that he said he got endorsed by a bunch of african-american like community leaders and stuff uh -huh. and a bunch of them were like oh i didn't i didn't really sign up for that what are you i didn't say that apparently he had sent out an email saying like lack of response to this email signifies your endorsement wow <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. that's so amazing that, amazingly so unfortunately dumb, amazing. yeah if you uh if you scroll back through your emails you will find a, a similar clause <laughs> Hidden, uh, hidden at the bottom of one of my emails in ultra yeah. fine print. I gotta start uh, looking at respond. the at the dozens of weekly comic book herald emails I'm getting because not replying to all of them has clearly uh, maybe has done some things to the lone ownership of this very. I, let me let me reiterate: very solo enterprise I've been working on for years <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. I also want to point out: I think you missed it that uh, I also own half of your sons. Half of my sons. Oh, yeah, man. I did say that earlier good yeah. grief like king solomon style unfortunately <laughs> oh king solomon didn't give great yeah. advice there although it worked out didn't it uh okay so all right let's let's get into let's talk about the poll let's do it uh, for 1977 do you prefer the original coloring of older marvel marvel comics or the digitally retouched versions like what we read on marvel unlimited now my prediction is this was going to be a blowout Towards the new digital ones? No. Oh, I think we had this exact conversation last time because you you assumed the opposite of what I assume, which is everyone prefers uh, the older coloring. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was correct. We got six votes for the old school, 33 votes for the new school. Holy guacamole. So, no kidding. Yeah. 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 There's a few like very staunch standouts. Who are, uh, I, there was there was a little a little discussion about like a bunch of Gen Zers in this club. Yet. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I honestly, like, I own some floppies of 70s comics now. Yeah. And I look at them and I'm like, eh, I'd rather pull out my tablet and read them. That I can see. Colored. Everything looks that I can muted see. in a way that, like, just doesn't, I don't know. Some of it, to me. Like, some I, of it in that instance, too, can be, like, paper quality. Like, I've actually even got some, like, very early 90s um, Namor by, by your guy, John Byrne. The Submariner oh, yeah, yeah. comics, and like they're kind of hard to read because they're just so like, and and some of this too is like I don't know these aren't like you know grade A ten point CGC comics or whatever, but um it's just like this dull kind of faded thing. I'm like yeah if these are well, digitally I mean, it, retouched it's, it's probably more paper, exciting you know I mean, yeah that's, that's part of it it's matte paper it's not glossy yeah right I mean, they didn't start using glossy till what the late nineties well and like it's, it's car matte paper it's like from the auto shop and it's right. been stepped on <laughs> yes, a bunch yes. it's not great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so, little, so the digital little... recoloring. Let, let's talk about the downsides of that. I think because wait, wait, there, more wanna, people seem I to assume. I want to point out because there was some discussion about um, like Walt Simonson's Thor run got a complete revamp of its inking in the I think mid two thousands. Uh huh. And that's a little different than what we're talking about. But if you you can go buy like the paper edition of that, and it looks different because they've completely reinked it, recolored it. And that's that's like definitely where some up. of the damages come in, right? Is when yeah, you, th- especially is... with beloved works, you know, that yeah. are that have been in print more regularly. Like like you said, like if I'm looking at Panther's Rage on my tablet, I don't know right. what I'm contrasting it against necessarily. Yeah, whereas Panther's Rage is the one I specifically looked at the paper vis- version and was like, oh nope, I'm gonna go read, <laughs> jump yeah. back to digital. Sure, sure. Um, but if I look at like if they're like, hey, we <laughs> we recolored Watchmen. I'm going to be like, nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't right. think so. Like, there's a specific there's a, a specific aesthetic quality and artistry to the coloring there by John Higgins. And I, I think that, especially inks, um, I think that can apply to a lot of, sure. a lot of modern I mean, that, comics. So, I don't know. It depends on the quality Simonson, to begin with. The Simonson one, I really like the new touch-up. Like, I prefer the, the newer one. Yeah. But it is a big difference. It's not just, like, taking a color and interpreting it into, like, you know, a, a solid, bright color. Yeah. Like they do, you know, because I think Marvel generally does a good job of trying to respect the original colorings and just take, you know, 70-year-old ink that they're scanning in and try to make it, you know, a solid block of color without the, like, the graying or the fading. You know um, what it can remind me no, of a lot of times is huh. is George Lucas going back to the Star Wars trilogy and mm, and sure. thrown in CGI <laughs> and thrown in like modern edits. It it has that feel to it, I think, although on a do less on a less fan breaking scale, I think, you know, yeah, when do we're you just know talking of any coloring. Case of that happening um, but it, I always get the same vibe. Like clearly bad. Uh, on coloring or on recoloring. Yeah, we're like, so like they, they, I, I yeah, was yeah, just seeing Yeah, I was just seeing some commentary around the new absolute swamp thing, the um Alan Moore, Stephen Bissett, John Taliban run. And yeah. that, that actually like I saw side-by-sides of, hey, here's what it looked like, you know, when it came out in the 80s, and now here's what it looks like with this sort of over-digitized recoloring. And you can actually tell there, like, yeah, it does lose some of its texture. It loses some of its, frankly, nostalgia as well. Um, My biggest personal gripe has been, like, there was a big, like, oh, Neil Adams. I I think he actually did, like, the recoloring or re-inking of a lot of his Batman work with Denny O'Neill in the 70s. And I, like, couldn't get into it at all. Because it just has this weird feel where it's like you're using you're using technology from the future in seventies Batman comics and the tone and the style and everything. it's like it's just a a collision of times that doesn't help the story, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um 
Yeah, I didn't know that about the Absolute Editions. I'm looking at, like, comparison, because I've been reading the Sandman Absolute Editions mm-hmm. for the past couple months, and uh, I'm really enjoying them. They're, like, beautiful pages, but I had no idea they were so, like, drastically changed. I'm looking at this, and it's a huge difference yeah. in uh, in coloring. Well, anyway, I think it's the sort um, of thing, too, where if you if you just start with one version, it's not going to make a difference to you, no, I would pro- think, unless, generally. It's yeah, like, um, do yeah, you remember... Yeah. I don't know how big of a Kanye West fan you were, but his last album in 2016, Life of Pablo, the last album he released yeah. and said oh, he will that ever he just release, continually like kept tinkering with for well, another the, year. At yeah, least. It became yeah, it became like this experiment, which is like interesting in theory. The idea of it being yeah. this living, yeah, yeah. breathing thing, it never really came to fruition. Um, and again, it's the last album he ever made, so it's you know it's you know, a, a good place <laughs> to stop. But uh, I listened to the first cut of those, loved them. Then I went back to Spotify to listen to like to listen to it again and it had changed and the the brain patterns of how this music was supposed to go in my head no longer matched on certain beats that kind of sucked it actually it actually ruined the experience it didn't ruin it i still like that album a lot but um it it downgraded some of the songs for me in particular so i don't know another Hmm. another cross media tidbit so, despite all that conversation, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> I think we're just, what was this about? <laughs> I mean, we're just talking about, like, the ones that are just a straight, you know, here's a kind of matte version of Jack Kirby's 60s work, and we need to digitize it so that it's, you know, nice, solid colors Yeah, for the, uh, for the app. Um, and I think, overwhelmingly, people prefer that, uh, and I agree. Now, so, I w- now if we flip this job, just everyone. a little bit, and you said, because yeah. you answered this already... If you said, "Hey, uh, we're gonna read," um, what's a what's a good example? I don't know some some nineteen sixties Fantastic Four, late nineteen sixties mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. You can hold a copy in your hands, right. or you can read it on Marvel Unlimited. You're going MU probably every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm definitely yeah, yeah. going copy in my hands for the one. I'm I'm holding a sixties Fantastic Four. That's cool. Um, but also like for the ads and for the nostalgia factor. That always kind of yeah. does it for me. Um, I mean, you, like I might do that for an issue but then i'm going to for the like next read one, the run that way to. yeah yeah because i like i have a few um of panther's rage now right like i have some of those and i flipped through it and tried to read like an issue we had already read i went back and read the floppy of it and like it's fun it's fun to read it in floppy form but also like i kind of don't like the ads they're really uh especially in panther's rage they really felt intrusive because mm. it was just like beautiful artwork on one page and then just the corniest ad of like you know some dweeb getting sand kicked in his face by a, a beach bully a muscular sure. beach bully sure uh, on the next page it just felt so dissonant yeah i'm trying to think of the i'm trying to think of the oldest run that i've actually read in floppies like something that i collected well after the fact and then read the first thing that comes to mind is really that 90s namor run which i did not enjoy reading that way <laughs> i would have rather read that <laughs> yeah. in marvel unlimited Oh, um, I will. Yeah. I, I might read Alpha Flight and Floppy because uh, oh, okay. Dave Dave bought me a bundle of Alpha Flight comics, which was very sweet when I visited him in Chicago, like 15, 20 Alpha Flight comics. So I've got a pretty good chunk of the um, the beginning of the John Byrne run, and I had a few myself. So I only have a few to fill in that run. Um, maybe I'll I'll fill that in. And there you go. Yeah. That way. Yeah. If you or try I'll that, just own them and then. I, I mean, I basically use them for wall decoration more than for reading at this mm-hmm. point. Sure, yeah. No, I'll be curious if you actually like start reading that way and then and then want to move on. But okay, I can I can see where people are coming from. I kind of I don't know. I was expecting I think that idea of like the purity of the original winning out, but actually yeah, well, I think the modern just cleaner approach. We've just got like good, nice, honest members of the club, not like 
pretentious gatekeepers, Dave. Yeah, so right. I know that's that's no. what side that's what you want the club to become. Well, I've been I, trying I've been trying to get known as a gatekeeper <laughs> for a really <laughs> long time and yeah. it's not the label is not sticking, sadly. Yeah. Uh yeah, I kept noticing your emails ending with Dave Busing, CEO and founder of Comic Book Herald, gatekeeper, comma, trendsetter, comma, tastemaker. (laughs) Doesn't seem to be taking off the way I expected to. All right, cool. So let's get into then, um, I think let's first do, you had a Patreon announcement. So let's do a little little Patreon announcement. Um, So, I mean, we already talked about Patreon. We appreciate your backing. Every little bit helps. Thank you. We have a bunch of different benefits there. Uh, If you can't back us, iTunes reviews are awesome. We, uh, we haven't had a new review. We've had a couple of ratings. We haven't had a new review in a while, so that would be so much fun to see. We quite love there, our reviews and our reviewers, so if you like My yeah, Marvelous Year, please go on over to iTunes. It doesn't have... I know like rating and reviewing is like a hassle, you know? Like, yeah, it's not... Yeah, yeah. I don't know what my iTunes account is. Do you? Like, I'm not even... A, no, not I, I mean, I person. I mean, I only started one once we started this. I, you know what I do is, like, I kind of wait every once in a while, and then I go onto iTunes, and I go rate all the podcasts I like. Yeah. I go through and, like... Here's the five I've been listening to lately, and I go give them all a rating and kind of try to get all that, uh, you know, all that good work out of the way. There so you go. Really appreciate- so check out Comic Book Herald's Best Comic Book Podcast of 2019. Go listen and then rate all of them. And as you're doing that, please rate and review My Marvelous Year as well. Speaking of which, I just, this is a total aside, but I just listened to Off Panels. Is that the name of the podcast? Off yeah, Panels. that's on my list yeah. for sure. Yeah, good, good. Re- yeah, I saw your thing. I went to listen to them. Um Listen to their interview with Jonathan Hickman. Oh, it's a good one, baby. Really fascinating because, like, that guy has the craziest brain. He's kind of a boring guy to talk to. <laughs> he's got a very, uh, he's got like a very laid back, chill voice. It is not, and, you know, you know, a you big, kind of big personality be... like you might expect. Well, I, maybe not even that, but just for him to like say stuff about like his craft or storytelling that you're just like, whoa, oh my gosh, like how. How does how do people even think like this? And he basically just was, you know, like, yeah, collaborating's good. Um, I just saw what was wrong with the X Men. I tried to fix it. Uh, You're way oversimplifying. I what was no, I, I am interview. a little bit, but part I, I think I had a really. I was like, oh, cool. I'm gonna, you know, really get dig into what made Hawkspox great. And he was just like, yeah, I, uh, I wrote a spec script. People seem to like it, and. Uh, I'm a good, I'm a good writer, I guess. So, I think, so, uh... I think some of that is, <laughs> I think some of that is like a, po- it's like a post game interview with an athlete where they're like, sure, so yeah. what were you thinking out there on the court? And like that stuff is inherently just like, like you just saw it. Like you just read the comic. Like yeah, I can't tell yeah, yeah. you, you know, well, he's or, just or got for Mike some Freight. people, like, I mean, no, genuinely I, I like he it. might just be like, no, no, I, I don't mean that with it. I mean, I'm kidding a little bit. I don't mean that with any, like, you know, I'm not making fun of him, but like being a, you know, cause he, I mean, he seems like a brilliant man but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are a like uh what's the word um you know like really well spoken or comfortable talking about yourself he is a bet he is a better written communicator because he his his written answers in interviews are out of this world good yeah that that might be that might be i mean i I think I'm the opposite. Like, I feel like I can communicate myself pretty clearly spoken. And uh, I think writing, our listeners like, really should have to... something to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, my... listeners who also read my weekly updates and see, like, how I struggle to write two paragraphs about, like, I don't know, should comics be sexy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Blood <laughs> and sweat don't usually come through in the written word, but those are dripping. <laughs> those oh, and the, I mean, the thing is, like, I work on those so hard and then they're like B minuses. So it's just... <laughs> That that's the hard part is that like it, it's a labor of love that I'm also like 
this is fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Once in a once in a while, I feel like I get in the groove, but I feel like uh, I mean, you you the the amount of stuff you pump out. You said it before. I'll say it again. Good writer. Good writer. Thank you, Dave Busing. Thank you. All right, let's let's stop patting each other on the back or no, insulting no, go me. On. Uh, and let's let's get to some letters. Hang Justin on, you didn't Wolin. actually say what the Patreon thing is. Oh right, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, if you go to Patreon, uh, we're doing a little secret. Well doing a secret santa it's not a formal thing through my marvelous year but some of the the community members are organizing it if you go on to slack um you can find some details there you could jump on and message me and i'll direct you to the right thread to sign up i think uh you will probably have a couple more days after this episode comes out on the 25th so if you're interested in signing up we're just gonna you know it's kind of a small scale probably trading t-shirts trade paperbacks whatever stuff like that comic stuff uh Give it a listen or give it a shot because, uh, I don't know, we got a great club. Everyone's so nice. We do have a great club. Thanks for everybody supporting us. And yeah. cool. Let's get into listener questions. Speaking of great clubs. Now, Zach, the one I have up here is from Justin Wallenhaupt. Yeah, you can do that one. And there's a lot to it. So yeah, I'm yeah, kind of wondering if maybe we answer the first two, see where we're at, jump to another one and come back if we're feeling it maybe we can a lot a lot of these are like one question answers or one word answers maybe we can, so maybe I, we can do think... a little more quick fire than we typically do because there's some really yeah. good questions here i also love justin that you sent this from your work email which tickles me to no end <laughs> oh yeah no here's uh this is justin's phone number and website and work address let me just uh let me read that out Let's here just uh share <laughs> yeah. that with the audience quick okay yep. and all right justin asks regarding avengers is this cowboy? Oh no, Clint- you, you got to read the beginning because it's funny, even though it's making fun of me. Oh, dear Dave and guest host. Oh, d- good point. Yeah, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't have to be you today. I guess that's that's fair. Regarding Avengers, is the cowboy Clint sabbatical the turning point where they move away from early '70s a hole Clint? He seems to be written differently in the few issues I've seen since his return. Although I don't know if he reverts. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, the cowboy Clint sabbatical here is referring to Hawkeye spends a lot of time, starts spending a lot of time with the two gun kid from um, like Marvel Western days. And he does become a better person <laughs> during this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he becomes Yeah, I mean, they stop making him aggressively, uh, like aggressively trying to smooch all the women. Or I mean, just the tell other... them like, hey, you're going to have my children, like to a woman who's dating somebody else at the moment <laughs> yeah yeah the i mean the other thing that changes in addition i mean the character development there's also creator development where roy thomas isn't the the main avengers guy anymore because i think most yeah. of clint's yeah, yeah. sucking did happen during the rt era of of avengers yeah. So. yeah yeah i think you're right that was when he started getting really intolerable and then yeah but i'm fine yeah, with I, i'm fine with crediting the two-gun kid as well um because he, he really seemed back, to have his, an influence <laughs> yeah his personality was better and then also like the way they used him was better they started doing some like fun stuff with his arrows and he well and he got better at he poker take down ultron right like when everyone else yeah we well, took down the collector uh, oh wait no we haven't done that yet Ooh, spoilers no no oh no bleep that out is that oh yes it is the collector okay okay yeah we're we're time traveling again Regarding Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel is the first female lead of a series that lasted more than a year, but the first concerted attempt first concerted attempt to develop female-led books was 1973, where Marvel launched three titles in January, all with female creators. The Cat, four issues, Night Nurse, four issues, and Shaun of the She-Devil, five issues. Why do you think Miss Marvel succeeded where the previous three failed, or did it really succeed? I think I have a very simple answer to this, which is that those three series are not actually connected to the main Marvel universe. I think that's it. They, like, didn't... I felt like they were really, you know, like, not really investing all they could into it. Because 
Miss Marvel is clearly like a main player in the Marvel universe where those other three are completely like secondary. Yeah, they're disconnected and they're barely superhero comics. Yeah, I read The Cat. It wasn't that good. I haven't read Night Nurse. I like Shauna the She-Devil, okay, but it's like, how do you weave that into anything except, like, once in a while, Kazar kisses Kazar. And, I mean, I'm yeah. not that into Kazar to begin with. I do like the Night no, Nurse concept a lot. We haven't really talked about this um, because we skipped the series, but Night Nurse <laughs> she's is a, a character she's a who... Nurse at night. Yeah, but she, like, she's the the medical person <laughs> that all the heroes and, and maybe villains go to um, when they have an injury. Uh, she'll become cool, oh, I didn't know that. cooler okay. later. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I'm not entirely sure what she is at this stage. I'm guessing that's the premise, but she gets made cooler. But yeah, I mean, Miss yeah. Marvel, there's just like the hook is much greater and more in line with what Marvel does. I mean, I think it's a better quality comic also, but I don't think it's that much better. Like, Shaun of the She-Devil was pretty well written. They just clearly were not like, we're going to really give this a fair shot, you know? Yeah. yeah. Regarding Howard the Duck, is there anything really good worth checking out beyond 1977? I checked out around issue 12, came back for 15, and was still not feeling it. My advice here would be, if you're not feeling it, it's not going to change <laughs> so drastically that you will begin to. It is what it is. There is, there's an issue, and I don't know the number off the top of my head. There's an issue where, like, Steve Gerber missed the deadline or was going to miss a deadline, and the issue winds up being, like, all prose and very meta. Um, about like comic book creation, Ugh. that one is probably worth Ugh. seeking out if you're interested no, and interesting. Right, wouldn't apply to you. <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> I would say don't go back. Uh, he writes regarding supervillain team up. He thinks it's bad. <laughs> he he does a whole big thing about this, but he basically thinks it's a good idea that's bad in execution. Supervillain team up should be so much better. Yes, I yes, really think good. it should, and it's not. Yeah. Regarding I pants, would like to see Marvel bring back podcast. Supervillain team up tomorrow. Dave, too many pants on the podcast. Too many I pants. Dave needs to Mr. Rogers it and make a point of removing his outside pants at the beginning of each pod. Listen, here's the thing. We already have benefit tiers, you know, where people get rewards if they're backing us. Now, what a lot of people don't know is we have a secret pantsless tier for mm -hmm. very select, very select. We're talking audience of one, maybe two for pantsless pods which is literally the same exact podcast word for word but this time i took my pants off before we started no it's always during the pod that's the that's the gag well oh i mean i hit record and then i do it you hear the unpantsing well typically when you take your pants off during a podcast you announce it heavily yeah. and then and then breathe very heavily while you're taking your pants off it's kind of <laughs> uncomfortable um but point noted too many it's pants ASMR, yeah we'll uh yeah geez we'll keep that in mind regarding thanksgiving what sides are you making and do you have cooking tips? Question for both Dave and the guest host. Uh, okay, I this year will be making, oh, I was going to be making a baked mac and cheese that I like. Um, it's got apples and onions and I shred some, uh, some nice gouda and white cheddar, but I don't think I'm making that anymore and I can't remember what I'm actually making Why? now. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> tips. Uh, I don't have any turkey tips, that's for sure. I've I've not become a turkey expert. I would like to, perhaps one day, um, but I don't right now. Tips, tips, tips that apply specifically to Thanksgiving. Need an insane amount of butter. Oh, make like luxurious mashed potatoes. Go to uh, Chef John mm -hmm. Food Wishes YouTube channel for his mashed potato recipe because I made his mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving a couple years ago when my family came to my house and they were incredible. I mean, they are disgustingly full of butter it's like a one-to-one -one ratio of butter to potato but nice like a, like a stick for potato that's awesome um my advice regarding potatoes would be 
quick packet potatoes. I can't remember what kind. We probably get them from Sam's. As good as actual potatoes. And you don't have to peel the suckers, which means way better investment of your time. So don't bother with real potatoes. Uh, This last one, (laughs) he's trying to get us to do a screw Mary kill, but we literally did these characters, except maybe not Pip the Troll. In a, uh, a live episode. So go uh, go check out that live episode yep. if you want, <laughs> you want to hear the same thing. Forever you, your Justin. patron, Justin. Thank you, Justin. And also that is legally binding that you uh, do have to remain our patron forever. Even if the show ends. Sorry. You wrote it. Yeah, that's not a great investment you just made. <laughs> but we appreciate uh, let's it all. Jump same. into Peter Parsons' email here. Hey, Dave and Zach. First off, I just wanted to say I love the addition of the Silver Fox to Chickman's lore. Great name and great reference. I'm still on 1976, and I am finally a few issues into the internals. Uh, he kind of goes on, like, basically says he's surprised it's delayed for the MU. Lesser characters such as Iron Man and Black Panther. The MCU. Yeah, yeah. Aren't we all? Uh, yes, MCU. Aren't we all? Yeah, lesser-known characters such as Iron Man and Black Panther enjoyed increased popularity after successful MCU releases, but Eternal seems like a bit of a stretch. So far, it doesn't connect to the larger Marvel Universe. Some some of its concepts seems at odds with other material. I sort of figured this was a Kirby prep project that was going to disappear as soon as he left again. Should we expect to see this become bigger down the road? Is the MCU really diving into the deep end of obscurity on this one? I, I don't know how much we've talked about this already, but definitely... A little bit. It is the most obscure thing they've done. It is the least... There is the least in comic book history to point to, to point people to, and recommend when it comes to the Eternals. So yeah, it's a, it is the boldest thing the MCU has done. And frankly, so much of where they're going hinges on this that it's completely fascinating to me. Like, oh, it's, it's so interesting. Who yeah, knows? I mean, they're moving, they are moving beyond a comics template with this one because they are going to have to, because there's not a good. There's not a really I mean, good comics template. The few little plot points I know about the movie don't really coincide with the comics we read by Jack Kirby. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't like some of the names, but that's about it. So yeah, so yeah, I'm who knows? I'm very curious. We could talk in more. We, we're going to do a little little bit more Eternals in the reading club moving forward. Um, because you know initially when I did the club, I was like, well, let's read like one to three of Kirby's work, and then we're done. But now because they're going to be a thing, I'm curious about their presence. So we're going to look a little bit about their th- interactions with like Thor um, and kind of some of the areas they might pop up because it's pretty sporadic throughout Marvel history. Um, but yeah, so we'll be looking at them a little bit more closely just because of this surprising relevance <laughs> the franchise now has. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and then Peter wrote a joke, but, <laughs> but I'm okay. not going to read a joke on Peter. Wait, hang you on. Can... Let's see if it's let's see if it's good, and then let's decide. Oh no, it's not. It's a cheesy joke, but like. Oh yeah, that's a classic. I love it. All right, Zach, deliver. Okay, if you, it, no, you if you want to read it. All right, sure. This is two muffins are sitting in an oven. The first muffin looks at the second muffin and says, "Man, it's hot in here." The second muffin looks at the first muffin and says, "Ah, a talking muffin." Thanks, Peter. Thanks for the joke. Thanks for the letter. Ridiculous. Don't it. make it a habit. <laughs> Please. Jokes every episode. I love it. All right, Aaron. You don't know what you're doing. They they you can't feed them like that. Guys, more jokes. Aaron writes yeah. in, What two characters that we have read so far would you like to see have a crossover comic? Which characters would you say are most likely to prefer baths over showers? <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. All right, let's start with the first one. Zach, two characters. Crossover. Go. Oh, I had um, I'm gonna ship two characters instead because I don't know if I have a good qu- answer. A crossover for this. of sorts, sure. I mean, they're in the same comic, but I had the other the other day. I had an image in my mind of Wolverine and Storm kissing, and I was like, 
Oh yeah, that sounds pretty good. Is this something? <laughs> is this something you've seen before? Out of curiosity. No, it's. Th- oh my god, does that happen? Zach, there's a I lot of years of comics coming up, baby. Yeah, I kind of feel like for the X Men. X-Men is a shipper's delight. <laughs> yeah, so right. Where, like, I feel like if you have any kind of uh, headcanon ship in mind, at some point, Marvel is going to make that happen for you. Odds are ever in your favor on that one. Um, I would like to see T'Challa literally take Tony Stark out onto the basketball court behind Avengers Mansion, cross him over, break his ankles, and dunk. That's the crossover I would like to see. Okay. Characters to prefer baths nothing for me. <laughs> over showers. <laughs> Uh, who's taking baths out here? I feel like ben Scarlet Grimm Witch. Ben Grimm baths, yeah. Ben Grimm, ben yeah, I could see that, like, a cigar and a bath. Bath, cigar, and a... A like big a fluffy robe after. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I think Wanda, I think Wanda takes baths, um, just to, just to decompress, to relax a little. Uh, Janet Van Dyne, maybe? Maybe? I, I don't know, I have no, I have This is a genuinely this. difficult question, because, because, I mean, so you once... Very famously on the show said, people who drink milk, adults who drink milk, are weird yes, creeps. True. Right? Stand by it. And yes. I've had a glass of milk every night since to, to prove you wrong. And frankly, my bones have never been stronger. Um, I think I'm turning into adamantium, actually. If I take to a doctor, maybe they'll confirm that. <laughs> Wolverine's but, true origin. Yeah. I do think taking baths as an adult with any regularity, also pretty weird. Where do you stand sure. on that? Yeah. Right, no, I, I buy that. I, yeah, I used yeah, yeah. to be more of a bath guy. I used to appreciate it a little bit more. Some of this might just be mental scarring from I think I shared once. I dropped my first iPod in a bath, um, mm-hmm. an old school OG iPod, and uh, you know I, I, things have never really been the same since. So who else? Like Tony Wait, Stark yeah. comes to mind, but there's no way. I'm I'm just thinking about this as like luxurious thing, you know, <laughs> like like a fancy bath. Like to who get, are the people like the, the finer thing. things? Do you know? Which character in the MCU drinks a glass of milk? Uh, Captain America? <laughs> no, because Captain America's a hero. He would know better <laughs> than to do that. No, Arnim Zola has a glass of milk. Arnim in- Zola has a glass of milk in the yeah, first Tommy Captain Lee Jones America? Brings him a, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones brings him a steak and a glass of milk. This is good uh, evidence for your, for your claim. It, yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, speaking of the MCU, I'm, I'm watching Iron Man 3 right now. That's I, a good it's movie. Rude <laughs> recording. Yeah, no, sorry. I do have it on the background. It's oh, so you're rewatching movie. Iron Man three and you have positive feelings. Interesting. I liked it when I saw it in theaters. I haven't seen it since. Man, it's good. Like now I had the opposite good experience. Actions. Where I liked it you a did. lot in theaters and then I watched it again and I thought, Oh <laughs> Oh, I oh, that actually it, was not that good. I'm liking it a lot. Yeah. Good, yeah, yeah. good. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't I I've said this repeatedly. There are almost no Marvel movies that I like rewatching. Um, that oh, really? I, I'm like coming around on a lot of them, rewatching them right now. Like Iron Man One, Captain America One, I both like have improved in my estimation rewatching them. Thor dropped in my estimation. Captain America Avengers, did the most, uh, moved up the most on my power rankings after a rewatch. The first one, yeah, that one yeah, benefited yeah. It went the from most. Like, it went from like two and a half stars to four for me. Yeah, <laughs> especially and really? wow, that's that's high. Anything in the mid tier level, especially, is like unwatchable a second time. Like Doctor Strange, <laughs> oh, like a second all. time, unwatchable. I wrote a pretty positive review of that movie <laughs> when I saw yeah, it. Yeah, so I mean, I don't think they're cinema, but I enjoy watching them. Yeah, let's get into that. <sighs> Sounds like a really good few weeks of conversation we could have. All right. Uh, Thanks yeah, for the yeah. questions, guys. As always. Um, yeah. Thank and you. and 
ladies who considered writing questions. We don't want to be too uh, too beholden to our audience here. But thanks for writing in. If you have questions, please write to mymarvelousyear at gmail.com, and we will talk about them on upcoming variants. Okay, let's get into expanding the My Marvelous Year universe of heroes and villains. Yeah, so we've been Maybe. doing this. How long have we been doing this? Have we done <clears throat> uh, a shared universe ever since we started? Do you remember? No, no. I started this. I came up with the, uh, this idea in like March, something like that. I don't know. I could so probably so like towards the back end of the '60s, maybe or something like yeah, that. Um, yeah, but we've been adding right to the shared universe for a a good long <laughs> while now, and it's growing. It's growing substantially. So, uh, do you want me to start here? I can do that. Yeah, please. All right, we got a new character to add to the My Marvelous Year universe today. This is from patron Nate. Thank you for your support, my, Nate. My personal friend Nate in my D and D group. And Zach does say that about all of you and uh, the patrons who are supporting us at this tier. You're all you in the D and D friends group of my heart. And oh wow, how romantic! Um, so, all right, Nate. His deal. He was a very famous up and coming influencer. Social media influencer was his job title. And what Nate would do is he would travel from locale to locale. He would be paid by brands and advertisers to visit all sorts of exotic and exciting places and take photographs and and sort of advertise either their products or their restaurants or sometimes simply the location. It was a luxurious life that Nate led. He was living in decadence and squalor. He was really just in in the Wait, depraved life no, of an influencer. Can you pu- pump the brakes. Did you just Already. say decadence in squalor? Decadence and squalor. So like squalor, lots like of fancy poverty? things but doing depraved things. I don't have time to look okay. up words while I'm talking. Squalor means like dirt, the state of being extremely dirty and unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. So like you go to a really fancy hotel and then you have like a wild night with like 15 uh, people okay. and a lot of Oh, things. so like a Logan Paul type. Uh, I don't know. I don't speak. Oh, he's just like history's greatest YouTube. monster on YouTube. Okay. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, just, just like, just so punchable. Yeah. History's greatest monster. I'd probably like him if you don't. Uh, so, so Nate... <laughs> yeah. Oh, please take that stand. <laughs> please start. Uh, please start becoming a Logan Paul fan at thirty years old. <laughs> I'd, love, okay. I'd love that turn. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a cool thing the kids are doing. So like Nate's cool Nate's living that life, and he's pretty popular. He's up and coming. His IG account has followers upon followers. We're talking more than a thousand followers. Whoa, okay. On so nate's doing this and the one thing he's really good at that people really like is he takes selfies with his food he does this all the time right this is his kind of his calling card is uh, a little food play he calls it it's crazy because no one else has ever done that yeah i know it's like the thing he popularized and he became very famous for um but he's really good at like arranging his food so like he'll go to a restaurant and he'll order let's say like some rice pilaf and a side of veggies, and like he'll like have like oh my gosh, that's the Battle of Gettysburg reenacted with his food and rice, and then he does a selfie with it, right? Like his food design okay. is incredible. Okay, so he's doing this, but he's doing it so much that Nate's starting to get a little tingling in his face every time he takes the next selfie, and he takes dozens upon dozens of selfies every time he's doing it with the food, you know, because you gotta like you gotta get the right one, you gotta get the lighting right, you gotta do all the editing right, so it's a lot of photos. But he's starting to feel these tingles, he's starting to feel this weird thing. And what happens is one night he's out and he's got, you know, seventeen men and women surrounding him, all, you know, looking for a good time. And he takes a photo and all okay. of a sudden the camera waves combined with his carbon, his essence and a particularly tasty curry dish. 
in front of him. And they just, something blows up, okay? Everyone's like, whoa, there's an explosion, and Nate is gone. It appears that he spontaneously combusted. Nate is still very much conscious, or conscious? That's a tough one. Conscious, yep. And aware of what's happening, and he is like zipping through a tunnel. He's zipping through a tunnel, and he was in Milan, which is probably a place in Italy, and now he is in Versailles, which is probably a place in France, right? So he travels from fancy city to fancy city, and he's like, how did I get here? What the heck just happened? Later that night, he's like, well, I'm hungry. I might as well get more food. He does the same thing. He's like, guys, weirdest thing happened to me on IG. Takes a selfie, and he travels again, this time from Versailles to Los Angeles, California. And what Nate realizes is he now has the power to travel specifically from restaurant plate to restaurant plate. Okay? Mm. he can, And he's like, I can do this. And he's kind of, as he's learning about this ability, he is transporting and he's kind of starting to get like, if I think about a specific city or I think about a specific restaurant I've been to, you know, so if I'm like, hmm, girl and the goat in Chicago, I can will myself to travel there. So he's starting to get some control over this as well. Now, Nate, you know, some would say he's a nice guy. He's a funny guy. He's a good, cool guy to be Mm -hmm. around. Maybe a fun guy to play with in your D&D group. But ethically, ethically, I'm not Mm -hmm. sure that I would recommend him as a mentor to my children, let's just say. he His okay. first thought with this transferring is, this is perfect for my fetish of stealing people's cutlery while they're eating, okay? That's his uh, okay. thing. It's always what he's been into. Big-time fetish guy. And <laughs> so... It's, it's fetish. It, it's, not, it's not an impulse or a, uh, like... Like a compulsion? You know, it, yeah, compulsion. It's no, a fetish, it's huh? it's a food it's a food fetish, but it's specific to okay. cutlery. Um, so he's he's you know he's he's figuring out how to do this, and another thing he figures out is okay. So he's so he's transferring from dish to dish, and as he's doing this, he's, he's getting this villainous name, okay, and he's getting a reputation, and people are like, beware! If you go out to eat, you might be the next victim of what the newspapers are calling long <gasps> distance. So this is the newest entry. You cut out. You have to say it again. I missed it. Yeah, this is the newest entry in the My Marvelous Year universe. This is the villainous, cutlery-thieving, dinner-destroying, long distance. Long distance. Oh, go to hell. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) So he can do this. He can transfer through time. Now, I will point out one thing he realizes in a future adventure that I'm not going to get into too much detail on here, but if he transfers to a plate where someone is drinking a gin and tonic, Right as uh-huh. as he tries to pop in and steal their cutlery and run out, and he'll you know keep it in his fetish stash. Um, if they're drinking a gin and tonic, the gin tonic plates in the atmosphere sh- sh- create a little quake within long distance. Right, so there's gin tonic plates he has to look out for that are kind of disruptive, and they really have like an adverse oh, effect God. on Just... his power set. So welcome to the My Marvelous Year universe, long distance. It's been a pleasure introducing you, Zach. You're up. Mormigil's gonna I either love or hate that because he has a uh, a degree in geology. <laughs> well, you can tell us all about gintonic plates then. Oh my gosh, I hope I just didn't dox Mormigil. Some people are gonna start googling Mormigil geology and fine. <laughs> Seems likely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Long distance. Uh, yeah. You're. Ta- I, I genuinely want to know how did that idea come around? Did you come up with the name first and then work backwards? Like, what part of that came first? A Magician never reveals his tricks, but I will say I 
almost always come up. No, that's not true. I was going to say I almost always come up with the name first, but actually in this case, uh, there was something else. So it was, it was more an idea and then, then I thought of the name. That's usually how I work is I try to come up with like a power or idea and then the name comes last. Very Once in a while, I think it's come the other way around. Okay, we've got an update here for... Oh, I actually have to look up who this is. Sorry, just a second. Well, way to come prepared. That's I had right. a post-it note and everything. An update for Eric Hodges, the Silver Cerebellum. So speaking of brain stuff that you don't know, and I don't... I can't believe Quiz I didn't call you out on this. Quiz me. Try. Well, the cerebellum is not your cortex. That's not like half your brain. That's that little... Don't tell me what little, my cortex is. That little bit know. in the back, back of your head, you know, like kind of beneath your uh in, it kind of connecting to your spine in the back you're talking about where dr octopus got his uh his spine thing grafted on in spider-man 2 yeah around there it's like that's your movement. what's that you're telling me that's your cortex that's your cer- no that's your cerebellum right the the main the main part of your brain that you're that oh okay so that's what's encased in silver the little the little the smaller segment in the back no 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 oh so the main like hemisphere he had like a brain. whole half yeah okay like, a, like the, i forget which half now maybe you'll tell me but um he had a whole half encased in cere- in silver. Okay, yeah, it's your but it's cerebellum part. as but well, so the name totally makes sense. No, the cerebellum's not split in half. It's not split into hemispheres. So. You tell me what's going on with his brain, Mister okay. Scientist. Although I will totally give you silver cerebellum sounds better than silver cerebrum. So for for nothing else, we should leave it that way. Yeah. Uh, although the, the the other thing I was thinking of while I was coming up with a thing for him, what does the silver wrap around his brain do? Does it actually help him, or was it just a fun name that you came up with? It helps him fight monsters. How? Oh my gosh! Oh, do I have to like school your butt rage. on that's monsters? Right. That's right. I just remembered. Yes, yes. Okay. Jeez, let me take you to monster school real quick. Yes, you're right. Okay. So yes, Silver Cerebellum, big time raging monster hunter. He is following. He's got a case where there's some supernatural activity happen down by the docks. You know the old down spooky by docks, the docks, the warehouse. He breaks into a warehouse late at night. And what does he find but a devious, evil, malignant, sugary sweet ritual happening? And who does he find but the terrible Toffiend creating rock candy golems in this warehouse? Ooh. In the middle of his candy pentagram. Wait, what was the joke that I had? His pentacandygram? Is that the joke? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good one. Um. <laughs> It's a good joke. Uh, so Cerebellum bursts in on Terrible Toffeen and they, you know, they duke it out for a while. Terrible Toffeen summons some of his small little cocoa demons and Cere- Silver Cerebellum dispatches them easily. But Terrible Toffeen gets the upper hand and he forms a giant blade of toffee. And the last thing Silver Cerebellum remembers before he blacks out is Terrible Toffeen cutting one of his arms off. Ooh. And he passes out from the blood loss. A few minutes later, he wakes up, and you know his his vision is blurred. He can't really see anything. He falls into one of the uh, the uh, candy pentagrams. Penta candy gram. It's funny how into Wait. this joke of yours you are, and how and I can't hard remember the construction it. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have it written down somewhere. Uh, yeah, can't. Oh, I wrote down candy pentagram. Anyway, he wakes up. Terrible toffee, nowhere to be seen. But what is there? He hears this crunching and munching and lip smacking sounds, and he hears, "Hey, you okay, Mister?" Ooh, and a okay. small child in a cute little sailor boy costume oh, no. turns around and is devouring a chocolate ear. And he is, this is the little Lord Fauntleroy, who apparently has come in and is eating the terrible toffee. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, my goodness. Says, this is getting wild. You shouldn't, 
you shouldn't be in here, mister. This is dangerous. As he, like, starts munching on some fingers, he starts cracking fingers and just, like, with all this gluttony, devouring. Is this our Halloween special? This is the scariest thing we've ever done. Yeah, just a little. He goes, do you want a piece? And Silver Cerebellum scrambles up, runs out, and he realizes as he's running that his arm feels a little weird. Wait, it got cut off. No, he has a rock candy arm. Ooh. He fell into the candy pentagram, and the, the ritual was dis- disrupted, but it replaced his arm with a rock candy arm. So he has this, like, purple, jagged, crystalline arm, and that is Silver Sail Realm's new power? Or, like, d- I don't know, disfigurement? <laughs> He's becoming <laughs> less and less human all the time. He's now yeah. some part silver, some part rock candy, and literally and metaphorically scarred, I think by what he just saw happen with the Terrible mm. Toffiend and the Terrible Toffiend's adversary, who I think we're calling a hero? Little Lord Fauntleroy. Little yeah. Lord Fauntleroy, who loves candy, apparently got at least an ear of the Toffiend during whatever happened there, although I, I guess maybe saved the Silver Cerebellum's life in the process, it sounds like. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. More to yeah. come. So, yep. Uh, so that's going to do it for us for 1977. We didn't actually really talk about the comics of 77 <laughs> at all. Um, we don't usually. Pretty, pretty, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess We talked true. about it in the last two episodes pretty extensively. Yeah, I think 77 I think. was kind of a so-so year. 78, we've already recorded, and I liked quite a bit more. Um, because X-Men, X-Men, if nothing else, is just kind of on a slow upward trajectory for me. Like, every year is just a little better than the last. So, um Really looking forward to continuing that. I am very excited for 1980. We're kind of, we're going to be starting 1980 around early to mid-January, I think. Uh, we're going to, we'll be taking a few weeks. We're not going to take a few weeks off over Christmas, but we're not going to f- release our full episodes. We're going to do some like bonus special episodes, both to give ourselves a break of reading and to hopefully let some people in the club catch up over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but starting in 1980 in January, kind of viewing this as a jumping on point. So if you know anyone that you would like to recommend the show to, I think 1980 is a great place to start and kind of a good place to jump on. If you think people are kind of iffy about Silver Age comics, things are going to start getting very good around 1980. Yeah, getting a little more more modern and definitely going to be hitting a bunch of stories that you have probably heard talked about if you haven't already read. So thanks everybody for listening. Again, I'm Dave. You can check out more of my work on comicbookherald.com. You can find more of Zach's work uh, anywhere that isn't comicbookherald.com. Not for long. (laughs) Thanks to Disaster Piece for our music for the show. Uh, what else do we want to plug? Patreon.com slash MyMarvelousYear. Like and support. Um, please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate and review on iTunes if you are able. And otherwise, as always, thanks for listening. And we uh, really appreciate having you here for the journey and listening to our big weird ideas about the MyMarvelousYear oh, yeah. shared universe. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. And we will see you for 1979. We'll see you next year. See you next year.